Welcome everyone to Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve Sears. We are comedians living in Hollywood, bringing you the fun and funny in wrestling each and every week in case you're new to the show. And this week we have a special guest brought to our uh, attention, to our, our, our show. Yes, our attention, our show. Our and, good graces. And your ear holes by our international jerk correspondent, Tom Anstey, who privately told me he wanted to lay the challenge down to Jeff Hardy, our other, you know. Uh, our, your other correspondent. Our other correspondent. Well, hey, he was your hire buddy. I know, but you signed those checks, Scott. God damn it. Why do I sign those checks? <laughs> I don't know why you signed those We got checks. that stamp, and it's like Last Crusade, where I just get all happy, and I'm stamping yeah, books. Yeah, he is Turns stop- out people are just tearing up the floor in the other room. Yeah, he is just checking them left and right. You could just be signing those checks, but instead, we're out of petty cash, and everybody's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting paid. So, our international jerk correspondent, Tom Ancy from Wrestling Memes, brings us an interview today over in the UK with Vince Russo. Whoa, Wrestling Zone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Another thing that I think could be said for absolutely everybody that appears on this podcast. Uh, gentle listener, if you could update Vince Russo's Wikipedia page <laughs> to his AKA section and add wrestling's own i'd really appreciate it <laughs> that would be great and get a screen cap of it quick because those psychos over there on uh wikipedia yeah they change that stuff up real quick real quick so yeah vince russo he's going to be talking about wrestling's own <laughs> yes wrestling's own vince russo he's going to be talking about his thoughts on impact wrestling and their debut uh the current state of wwe uh working with some of the guys in the past and some of his favorite characters now a couple of things couple of things he's uh chatting about there so you're not going to want to miss that that's coming up later in the show but right now this is not the same curtain jerks that you listened to before this is not the normal state of affairs that what was previously a week ago a week things have changed things have changed scott we're a new stronger podcast we are we are a new stronger podcast me for antibiotics and you for your vows of marriage i have gotten married thank you thank you thank you yeah Big time. I listened to 16 Bits podcast because you guys said that you talked about it. And oh. I was like, so I You get brought up in a lot of episodes. Just I, so you I know. feel very fortunate. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it's not about how, uh, how I poop at an average speed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Josh poops way too much. And Phil Ranta, who's never been on the show, he's been on this show. Poops way too quick. And Scott doesn't poop. <laughs> no. I've that's why a- I needed antibiotics. I, yeah, I've known you for like five years that I've just Scott has never pooped in my presence. And I'm not I don't mean like in the room, but like whenever <laughs> we're in the same building. It doesn't happen. No way. I'm a home base guy through and through. And he knows that if he did, I would knock on the door and try to talk to him. Hey, what you doing in there? It's like a little cat trying to get its paw yes. near the door. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> throw your cell phone, and then you can't check your text messages. God damn it! What am I supposed to do to pass the time? Oh, I have a tweet idea. I have a oh man, I've got a great tweet while I'm shitting. <laughs> that is, I think that's ninety percent of tweets. Oh yeah, it's, definitely. It's on the shitter. Yeah, because you go. So they call it Twitter. <laughs> Twitter on the shitter. Mm-hmm. How was it? Oh, it was wonderful. I, uh, 
I your marriage. Like, yeah, my marriage yes. is great. I think I'm really lucky. The celebration was really nice. I was really concerned with that everybody else was having a good time, and so I was really impressed that everybody had a really, really good time. There I, are probably three people that had a lousy time, but they're just sad sacks of shit, those people. You were one of them because you were really sick, right? <laughs> That's true. I think, you're, I think you're right about the numbers, too. I think there was about three yeah. people that were unhappy. Whatever. But, I mean, out of that was a lot of people that were having a really good time, and I... I say that with a little bit of sort of shock and also a little bit of pride. The shock just being like, I don't know why it was so great. And I was just, I felt very lucky because people kept saying what a good time they were having. And I don't think they were blowing smoke up my ass. You're a regular Vince McMahon. Like, I don't know why everything's so I, great. I don't know why the business is so great, guys. We just, uh, we book it as we see it. Just, it's, it's, uh, I just show up to work and I just make millions of dollars and I go home. But it was, it was good. I, 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 we said we weren't going to do, like, table greetings, but I ended up going to a lot of di- – I went to probably the same three tables over and over again because <laughs> I wanted to see you or I wanted to see Josh or I wanted to see some family. I kept checking in with people. I wanted to make sure people were having a good time, and I felt very fortunate. People seemed to have a great time, and it was serious, and it felt real, and it felt true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was, was great. very fortunate. Yeah, you say you don't know why it, that it went so well. Or like why well, I wasn't so... expecting it to go poorly. I guess I was so impressed that it went so well. Like you, norm- I've been to a lot of weddings, and I'm always kind of disappointed because I'm either hungry or I want a drink or I don't know anybody there. Right. This one, I knew 90% of the people there. I should hope so. And I also, well, I was really lucky because a lot of people were meeting people they'd never met before. And then, like, you know, you go to a wedding and you meet people and you shake hands and then you no. go back to your table and you never talk to them again? Oh. There was... The only people I end up meeting are at my table. Yeah. There was a lot of interaction between tables, and there was also, like, people were happy to see each other. That was the other thing, is I tried to, for, it wasn't a reunion, but there was a lot of people, like, you could have talked to a lot of people at the wedding, correct, Scott? Yes, I could have. But, uh, there was only one other person that I didn't meet that I really wanted to talk to. Who's that? Who do you think that is? Uh, no, tell me. Uh... I think he's been in a couple of motion pictures. Ah. The leader of uh, Cobra Kai. Are you talking about Martin Cove? Yes! I was very excited. blew my mind. He's a... So excited. He's a family friend of my my wife's. Oh, you married good. I know. And they said... And he was a friend of the uh, uh, bride's father. And I was... I heard that they knew them. And I was like, please invite him because he's (laughs) awesome. And they were really happy to have him there. And that guy is super cool. Like, I should say this. He says all the cool stuff that I wish I could get away with saying. (laughs) So, like, we were taking a picture, and he was like, uh, I was sitting, like, a little bit, like, I was out of frame. And he was like, he grabbed me by the shoulder. He was like, come here, big boy, get in frame. (laughs) And it was so cool. He's like, he calls people cowboy and big boy. And, like, it's just, he makes you feel like a cool guy. And he's a cool guy. He had the coolest shoes at the wedding. Listeners, mine were. I thought I had really cool shoes. He had the best shoes. Listeners, uh, in case you know by the name, he's a he's an actor of many uh, '80s movies. The two that come up the top of my head are Karate Kid. Well, Karate Kid Two as well. He pops up in the very beginning uh, there. And one of the best and, uh, reveals and, ever uh, in Karate Kid Three. Oh, is he in there too? He's in Three. I saw because three Two once. was in Japan. Yeah, right? Three, he but it's right with... after the tournament. Yeah, but there's the guy, the ponytail bad guy. Is like he's yeah the push the nose into the brain or whatever that is he does, does he tells he, him does, he says that like he tries to teach Daniel Russo how to sweep 
but he like he does it against boards and so he's just messing up Russo. He's oh, okay. the guy who takes over Cobra Kai and then Martin Cove comes out from that back room and the guy with the ponies is like, You scared, Daniel? You gonna piss your pants? <laughs> and like Martin Cove's reveal in three is like, Oh, it's the bad guy from the first one. <laughs> it's so intense. And he's in first blood part two. So he's badass. He's the other mercenary. So those are the movies that came to my mind. Um yeah, it's this actor who's in these movies. He's super badass, and he was there at the wedding, and I lost my shit. Yeah, uh, you came up. You knew who he was immediately. I didn't know him by name, but I saw him, and I'm like, "Why is he there here?" There was like three people who knew him by name and would come up to me like, "Is that Bronco?" But I was like, "Yes, yes, it is." And if, then other people they like, did, "Is that the bad guy from?" Uh... Yeah, if they did, it's because Mickey and I right away we go- we you know IMDb looked up the name and then had it, and then we're throwing the name around. People are like, "You know his name?" It's like we looked him up. Yeah. We looked him up. So that that was super fun. And Highlight of the wedding, by far. Got to find out if that guy's a wrestling fan at all. Yeah, because that'd be fun. I'll ask him. Yeah, um, but no, I said nothing to him because that was uh, you know he's doing his th- he's there for his reasons and he knew who he knew so that's not a thing to go up and. Uh, bother. It was I I think but, it, but, if there was a place to do it, it was at the wedding because I feel like I met a lot of people. People were meeting each other and it was just gracious. Everything was so gracious and cool, and I was very fortunate. Here's my uh, connection with Martin Cove and what you're talking about with you of like how you are figuring out why it feels that way. I have a certain amount of affection for the guy because I grew up watching him as yeah. a child. So seeing him in person, I go like, oh, cool, whatever he's going to do that night, um, other than, you know, stick his fingers down my lady friend's throat, something like that. I'd be like, well, I'm not okay with that. But everything else is cool. Yeah, because he's... If you were to knock down Phil Ranta, if you were to fucking sweep him and then punch him in the throat, it'd be like, awesome! <laughs> yeah, he's, there's a, there's that kind of legendary status where it's like, I grew up with the icon that you function as. Yeah, you're yeah. a rock star that night. Mm-hmm. That's what you and Chelsea were, that we went to a rock concert starring you two, and everything was... We get to see your private concert, so everything is at the peak of excitement. So any joke you make, anything you do, is the most serious, most loving. Oh yeah, greatest I was getting like, away with murder. I was not yeah. doing A plus material. People oh, treated it like it was A plus material. You know, when you were gonna uh, blow your nose on the on the old tie there, that was. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was uh, A plus. I should point out there was this great moment where Chelsea was crying while we were getting married with joy. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so she wiped her eyes with my tie. Shut your mouth, woman. <laughs> and then our officiant wiped his eyes with his tie. Mm-hmm. And then I pretended to blow my nose with my tie. Uh, she my, she grabbed the tie thinking it was actually going to do it. Yeah. And apparently it played to everybody that was there. Oh, I was in the back row. It played. I should point out, guys, wedding, nothing but bits. It was all bits. <laughs> I was pretending to fart. I was doing little dances. I was pointing towards my bride and then sort of asking the audience, should I? That's, that's the other problem. I asked the reception. I, 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 I called the reception the audience. That was the biggest problem. I, <laughs> a no, lot I, of... I was I was super fortunate. It did feel like a rock concert. I felt mm-hmm. like a total rock star and I felt respected and I felt like it was a respectful thing and I was so res- I was so grateful that so many people were there and had such a good time. Ah. Oh, it was fantastic. It was it was really great and congratulations to you and the lady. Thank you. And there was much congratulations on the Twitter. And on the Facebook, I don't know if you saw any of that. I did see some of it. I was very grateful, guys. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really happy. I told Scott, uh, I'm ecstatic. I have I'm part of an awesome team now. I'm a part of another awesome team, and also I still don't have my shit figured out. Like things are exactly <laughs> the same as they were a week ago. 
like getting married i just feel like i have i'm with the person who's very supportive and wants me and helps me to figure things out but i still don't like it doesn't fix anything i'm glad you didn't wake up the following day and look at her and go why didn't you fix any of this yeah <laughs> why am i why am i still out of shape <laughs> <laughs> fix me fix me um well uh you know we got vince russo coming up a little bit later on the show and you know i, I went to roh not too long ago and oh, speaking of which what's happening march 1st is that an roh pay-per-view yes okay i don't know what it's called uh i would have been way more up to what's going on in wrestling this week I was sick out of my mind, so I know nothing. I've hardly seen anything. I saw Raw, whatever, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm far behind on things, but I know we get a lot of requests. I know we have some other interviews in the pipeline. When are you guys going to talk about No Mercy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We had no Mercy 2003. That was a big show. No, the Nintendo 64 game. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, that's the best game there is. Sorry, I've never played it. I've heard good things. You never played it? No, that one in WrestleMania 2000. That's what's wrong with you. Where the two, like. That's was, what's wrong with you. That's what I'm missing in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's this big No Mercy shaped hole. It's oh. just the outline of the No Mercy logo. Oh, so good, Steve. Uh, and then, but they did the, they just furthered it with WrestleMania 2000, right? No, reverse it. Oh, WrestleMania 2000, then No Mercy? Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Mercy. No Mercy is the, uh, the, is a, the best version of it possible. Because before that, it was WCW NWO Revenge. Uh, WCW Final Tour or something like that, like three games or so before that. So you can see in each iteration, it's getting better. It's yeah. getting better. WrestleMania 2000 is almost... Almost there. Almost unplayable because WCW NWO Revenge was so fun and out there and has such a huge roster of guys. And then WrestleMania 2000 is pretty good, but No Mercy is just so smooth and crisp. Cool. Uh, it's great. I'll uh, I'll go to this old storage unit soon. Bust it out. I'd like to play. I. It seems like that and Majora's Mask. I keep hearing about, and I want to play those games, but I don't want. I don't really want to play them on Nintendo sixty four. I want to play them on GameCube, like or an on emulator my or something like that. Yeah. I hear you. I. It's just the Retron isn't quite there yet. Yeah, they it's don't almo- have it's N64 almost there. games, right? They not have yet. almost everything, but not N sixty four. Because they wait out for uh, the uh, patent. To expire on the yeah the n64 it's all chip based isn't it like there's something funky in the something in, in, they in said the it's Nintendo 64 they said it soon though yeah when we went to e3 and we we're talking to them like they said well, it's coming up next so whether it's retron 6 or 7 or whatever they'll do so, i well it's a cheap alternative there's a bunch of great articles about how they almost made the nintendo 64 a, a cd disc format really yeah and then uh they just sort of they can't blow on cartridges. it. Yeah, but you know, and when you blow on a GameCube disc, you got to be careful because it could fly off and slit your younger sister's throat. Mm-hmm. And be like you just ninja, <laughs> you just ninja way too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what I was gonna say was before we got on on that train was, um, you know, we have all these smaller promotions that always want to talk about what's going on in in wrestling and what they got going on and. You know, I, we get so many requests of people to be on the show, and we always try and get these the things deluge, to you guys. Deluge, Scott. We're <laughs> completely just awash. Day by deluge. Day by day, but day, but deluge. <laughs> uh, and there's a guy that's been just so insistent on being on the show. But he has. this is what's really frustrating, Scott, is that he isn't one of those guys who, like, emails or tweets at us. 
he's been faxing us messages. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think he understands how to use a fax machine because he's calling us on the fax machine. We're not getting faxes. We're getting phone calls on the fax machine. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that's always a little irksome is I don't think he listens to this show. I don't think so either. I think that we've had that before where people want to be a part of this train, mm-hmm. but they don't want to buy a ticket to listen, which yeah. is free. It's literally fucking free to listen yeah. to this train. This is a unique train to be on. Yeah, they just want to ride it and grease it up and go right through people's ear holes without even buying us dinner first. Or buying themselves dinner and listening. The I'm man, ahead of myself. The man's name is Mort Salazar, and he's the owner of CWCW. What? CWCW? CWCW, a classic wrestling championship wrestling. That's two wrestlings. I guess they have a lot of wrestling. I don't know. He Maybe he can explain it, but I know he's here. He's in the breakfast. Uh, breakfast, uh, guest breakfast lounge. Yeah. The guest breakfast lounge. It's been a while. Excuse me. I'm still recuperating. I understand. My, I'll, I'll go get him. Got my antibiotics. <laughs> Keep it on your leg. <laughs> Darn right. So Mort Salazar's here. I guess Steve's going to go grab him. And here. You got it in here. You just write any, what are these microphones? What do you got here? <laughs> that sounds terrible to listen to anybody wearing earbuds. I apologize. Right into here. What are you? Yeah. He's speaking to the microphone. So Mort Salazar of yeah, doing? classic wrestling championship wrestling. Your hands are gruff. Yeah. Well, what do you look? We saw we got a new show coming up February 9th. It's going to be at the uh, Bingo Hall it's in three days uh, Modesto, now. California. Okay. Um, not doing too much stuff on the West Coast. So just a uh, really big show. Should come on out. Where's your home base? Uh, we're based out of Dallas. Texas? Well, wherever I'm driving at the time. Really. <laughs> well, the Dallas, wherever you're My driving? My car is parked in Dallas right now at the airport. <laughs> okay. Uh, how did you get here? I flew and took a rental car from someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you tell us about this show that you have coming up here uh, for, for uh, February it's night? It's uh It's at what? the Bingo Hall in Modesto. We've got a big event. It's going to be pretty good. It's three days from now. Wrestlegasm, yeah. Wrestlegasm. Tickets are $15. Oh, right. $80 for ringside. And then what? we also have a $90 ringside package where you get to meet and greet the wrestlers. Well, I'm always up for that. I'm always up for meeting and greeting the wrestlers. So uh, who are some of the guys that uh, I could be meeting and greeting at well, the show? Well, we got the Moldy uh, Apples. That's the tag what? team. They've both got the belts, which are the uh, Spartan Championships. Uh, they, Spartan? They're going to be defending it against the Blacks. What? And, uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> it's the Spartan Championship. It's the tag team. No, belt. no, no. Uh, did you just say a tag team is called the Blacks? Oh, no. They got a name. It's just two black fellows. <laughs> no. God, I was hoping it was like Ethan and Rome Black or something like that were their names. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I like that. But instead, you're just referring to uh, two black guys as the Blacks. Yeah, they're good guys. They're the they're the faces. They're a couple of really athletic black guys. What are, what are their names? Uh, I don't know. They're the faces though. And the other team is the Moldy Apples. You know their names? Yeah, they both wear these giant apples on their head that are slowly rotting. They're made <laughs> out of styrofoam, but uh, don't tell anybody. Okay. Is this live? No, it's not live. Yeah, you know I can break down the card a little bit for you. Sure. All right. Uh, we also got a Chinese guy who's really good at kung fu. <laughs> no. He's gonna be. <laughs> no. 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 He's gonna be going up against a. Um, uh, I think he's an Irish guy, but he's got an accent. It's kind of a little bit of an international flavor. That's for the uh, Chinese dragon belt. 
That's what I call it because it's got a dragon on it. But uh, what are you gonna do? And then also, uh, <laughs> what the, we're gonna what have a Saudi names? Arabian guy who's gonna be going up against <laughs> Captain America. What? That's what I call him because he's got uh, on his trunks. He's got an American flag. What? What are these guys' names? I hey, look. You're just we got you're an just ethnically saying... diverse card. You it's do. In Modesto, California, at the Bingo Hall. We've just got to make sure everybody's aware. Uh, but you've just described that there there are blacks. There's a Chinese guy that knows kung fu. Yeah, what? What? A Saudi Arabian guy. Hey, look, it's not maybe an Irish guy. Look, it's not the late '80s anymore. We don't have a white, a lily white uh, roster. What do you want me to do? No, I well, I think it'd we be got good. A, I mean, I we've got a white guy who's uh, his. He's a car thief. He's a heel. <laughs> what? what do you What do you want from me? I want names of these characters so that Carjack. Way... His name is Carjack. <laughs> okay. Well, what about what's the the guy who happens to be from Saudi Arabia? What's what's his character name? Ahmed Dubai. I don't know. I just that's why I call him a Saudi Arabian guy. Look, I just put the card together. I don't need to know anybody's personal. I don't need to know their. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to know their uh, video dating profile. Could you okay. not wave that stogie in front of my face? Hey, look, buddy, if you're having trouble with understanding how I book a show, then uh, what, what? Look, I'm not going to pull back the curtain any farther than the internet already has, all right? Look, giant baby Herman, I think what you're I doing... I understand that reference. <laughs> I understood that reference. I took my kids to that movie. <laughs> I took my kids to that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I did. What? <laughs> I did think so. Okay. <laughs> Look, you can't just... Yeah, it's uh, Roger Rabbit. Yeah, who framed Roger yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, Roger Rabbit committed a big crime. Crime <laughs> of the century, Roger Rabbit. You I saw it. You can't just give blanket characters to these guys by their race. People need names. Otherwise, you yeah, come across as you a race... you face them up against a white guy or another ethnicity. I know what I'm doing here. You, uh, This is old-timey racist promoting. This is like of the 50s. You can't do this anymore. Look, I just book what works, and I work what books. How many tickets have you sold if it works so well? I, I'm not at permission to say. Cause you, have, of, you have my permission. I Look, I'm not going to tell you because then the talent, especially the uh, ethnicities, they're going to ask me how big the gate is. Oh. I'll tell you how big it is. It's big enough to get a camel in the door because <laughs> that's how somebody's getting to the ring who shall remain nameless because somebody's got a problem with ethnic diversity. I think it's you. Is it me? Mort Salazar, I believe you're the one that has a problem with ethnic diversity. All right, look, do I have an ethnic ethnicity problem? Because I've got Santa Claus facing a rabbi in the middle of February. What's the What's the big deal there? Well, the big the rabbi's going over. <laughs> I'm mean, all right. I just spoiled the card for you. All right, he's gonna beat him with a menorah, and that's after Santa Claus gets his presents out. Well, I... and that's his finishing move: getting his presents out. He <laughs> pretends to expose himself. <laughs> I there. I just busted the. That's a swerve. I the swerve is I just ruined the whole card. I hope you're happy. No, I'm not happy because now Do you know how many tiny little tickets I bought at Party City to sell. No, a big pack of them. <laughs> Uh, look, I I still think you're racially insensitive, even though the fact that you have a rabbi beating Santa Claus, there it are, just bums me out that Santa Claus is losing. There is a old white lady selling Lay's potato chips I bought at Costco at the door for $8. The lady is available for $8? No, the lady is selling the... Okay, all right, listen to me. She's selling the Lay's potato chips from Costco for $8. She's selling the chips. Okay. She's not selling her body like a mother of eight. Living in uh, upstate New York. 
Well, white people do that too. All ethnicities have problems and have to sell their bodies. Are you saying someone in your family is selling their body? I, I look. I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit while my sweetie was out there. All right, that's how you sell tickets. You have a. Your wife is a lady of the night. <laughs> Not at night. That's too dangerous. <laughs> She's have you a, been in a major American city in the last... Well, that's... You're out of touch, buddy. Major American what? cities are dangerous at night for a lady. Your wife's a day hooker. You take that book. What? You take this book right here about about whore etymology. I don't want a book about whore etymology. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. It's pronounced whore. I don't want to take a book about whore etymology. All right, look. I don't know how to explain this to my lady friend. You don't have to explain it to anybody. Look, the point is selling tickets for a show in Modesto... February 9th. For Wrestlegasm. Wrestlegasm. Where but you I say February see the 9th or February 10th? February 9th. It's three days from now. Well, February 9th, and then we have a second show February 10th, which closes out the tournament, which is called Race War. Uh, okay. Everybody, if Everybody's you want to go... going to be dressing up like their favorite race car driver. To the bingo hall in Modesto, California, to see the most racist wrestling show that there no, is. Why are you going to say that? Why are you going to say it's racist? What's <laughs> up, what is so racist about it? I didn't. You did. I love all ethnicities. Some of my best friends are ethnicities. <laughs> Yeah, name two of them. Sudan. <laughs> Sudan is the guy who drives my favorite taxi cab at the airport in Dallas. Yeah. I just met him on the way to the airport. Oh, that's and a I long... parked at the airport. That's a long lasting relationship then. Yeah, he's Korean. His name is Sudan. <laughs> okay. All and right. the other uh, person? Uh, I got this other guy I met at a sandwich shop. Oh, okay. What's his name? I don't know. I couldn't understand it. <laughs> okay. Well, tickets are Going fast, better scoop Oh, yeah, up. really fast, but not like we're super packed, so I don't. it doesn't adjust how much people are getting paid. Can people wear their hoods in the audience? Uh, yeah, I, I hope so, as long as they can see the screen. Okay. That's I'm... the Titantron. That's what they call it, the screen, the big... Uh, so we're doing a little digital projector. We're going to show in a tiny film called Birth of a Nation. <laughs> oh, jeez. And that's when the big baddie comes out. Okay, well, I was trying to make a... to get you to bite on the hook to see if... Uh, you're going to see if I was talking about, uh, you know, KKK hoods or uh, ah, Don't worry masks. about it. I'll see you later, you big German Jew. <laughs> that guy, I that guy is really inappropriate. This Mort Salazar. I don't know. I don't know if we can have him back on the show. That guy is that guy is racist. Are you just going to come out right and say he's, he's racist? He is racist. Did you not hear what was going on? I was listening. You know, Those I'm, poor kids. I am also, I'm always sensitive to issues of race. And uh, misogyny and feminism mm-hmm. and abuse and any of that weird stuff. All that stuff. And I say weird. I say, I say not to say weird that it's rare. I'm just saying it. Like I always feel like we're towing the line. Mm-hmm. I think you might be right. I think that guy might be racist. That guy is totally racist. But you know, it's that ignorance kind of racism where people don't know that they're racist. I tried to tell him. I tried to tell him he was racist. Hey, Scott, you just can't hit people with that brick wall. Sometimes they got to take it apart brick by brick by themselves. Oh, to hit themselves. <laughs> Yeah, acceptance is... Like a Jenga puzzle where they pull too low and then it crapple, yeah, crapples it, on top of them. Crapple, racism takes a big crap all over them. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, foundation of racism that they use to uphold their beliefs, if you pull out the wrong brick, it just crumbles. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? Maybe sometimes you can still stand up after it's gone. Maybe you can. Speaking of being able to stand up after something is gone, this guy... Vince Russo has stood up time and time again. This guy has worked for WWE. This guy's worked for WCW. This guy's worked for TNA. This guy's now going over the UK. He's going everywhere. This guy goes everywhere for having such a uh, polarizing reaction for his name alone. 
this guy is everywhere still. Yeah, I think he's he's still going to be a, a facet of the industry. Oh, I think sure. you're still going to think about the things that he's done. And I think also his – I see posts for things where he's commenting on current product of other companies and stuff. Yes. I'm always going to be curious. Like it's uh, – when people that are experts in a field sort of are then commenting on it on – you know, on on the news or something. You're an like he is a professional, or he is a absolutely. Uh, he's a wrestling expert. He's been in the trenches. Yeah, so and he was kinda... there in, in the one of the most major times of it all, and was clearly a part of it. Yeah, I think there's always a contributor. A, there, it's a curiosity. Even seems like that's it's too. It minimizes it too much. There's just always sort of a fascination with what he has to say. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Jarrett. When we had him on, it was sort of I was like, what does he have to say? I have. I want to know. Because he is a polarizing figure, or he is mm-hmm. this person that's like, there's being in that place of control, and I'm always curious why those decisions are made. This doesn't go completely into that, but I feel like there's, one of my favorite things about it is Russo's enthusiasm, is that he's yeah. the guy who's like, he's lived and breathed this, and he still is. Because uh, the other thing that always fascinates me about him, regardless of, uh, I know when we had announced he was going to be on the show, there's a lot of polarizing reactions that we got on our Facebook page. Kill yourselves, curtain jerks. <laughs> Well, all right, but after we release the interview, um, is he has the profession of a writer. So I'm always wanting to know more of the writer's perspective and how he's dealing with the performer and essentially the director of it all. How do you interact when you're doing something that is really considered such a solitary act to make your product or your content? Yeah. I think like any sort of writer, the idea is... I work alone, but you have to be able to collaborate and you have to be able to talk to your sources of information. And then you also have to be able to go to take notes to go back to the drawing board or to rework things. So it's because in this profession, you write it and it goes. Maybe you get a draft or two, but, you know, you're not workshopping this for a long time. This isn't a movie where you're going to break it down. And then draft shoot by it. draft, workout problems. Or a yeah. play, you're going to put up a version of it and then take it back, do it again. Like, it goes. So you have to be – his confidence has to be huge. Well, I think at the time also when you're in the middle of that volcanic – you're riding a wave of lava and you've got this cool surfboard platform of like, we're doing stuff people have never seen before. This is the attitude. I mean, they it was WWF attitude – but were they calling it the Attitude Era when they were in it? I feel like it was just WWF Attitude. That was what the mindset was. Mm-hmm. But it didn't become the era until afterwards. I think it was more, from my recollection, it was like the Austin era. Yeah. But a lot of those things get tagged after the fact. Because mm-hmm. you can look back on it and go like, well, that's clearly what that was. Oh, and then I think, but they are now naming eras while we're in it. Which is kind of a shame. You can't really do that, I think. Yeah. Like, call it Ruthless Aggression. Was the first time they're like, "Hey, this is the new era, guys," mm-hmm. and then now it's we're in the reality reality era. Yeah, history can say, you know, like whatever. If something that like you could easily say reality, but honestly, I think this era is going to be known as the social media kind of inundation era, really, because it's like that's the, great on a poster, man. Yeah, I can't wait to put that uh, fat head sticker up on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, well, enough about us uh, talking about it. Let's uh, throw to our own international jerk correspondent from Wrestling Memes, Tom Anstey, sitting down in the UK with the man himself, Vince Russo. So, 
So right now I am joined by, well, would you say you're controversial? I don't say I'm controversial, but everybody else does, so. All right, so we'll, we'll say the allegedly controversial Vince Russo. Uh, you are over in the UK today. Is this your first trip? This is my first trip ever to the UK. Uh, you know, I've, I've avoided leaving the country for the last 23 years in the wrestling business. <laughs> this is the first time I've been over here. I think it's great. And you're over here for um, IPW, yes. where, where we're currently backstage at the moment. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, you're a, you're a couple of days into being. Uh, what's your new role called in IPW? I am the executive in power, the EIP. Um, yesterday was my first show live. I, I liked a lot of what I saw. Um, I, I think some of the the athletes are great here. I love some of the characters. I love the stories. Um, I'm happy to be associated with IPW. Okay, and um, you, you know, you've seen a few of the guys now. Um, is there anybody who maybe you haven't seen before uh, and they're standing out to you? You think, oh, those guys. I thought yesterday I saw, um, you know, Jimmy Ospreay. Uh, and, uh, Will Ospreay. Huh? Will, I'm sorry, yeah. Got Jimmy Havoc, we got Will Ospreay. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. And I, I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. And, and it's interesting because. You know, I worked with AJ Styles yeah. for about 10 years, and you know, when AJ was very young, and uh, you know, when I saw Will yesterday, it reminded me a lot of that, and he told me he's got a match coming up with AJ soon, and that, that will be off the charts. He's, he's, he's 21 years old, he's unbelievable. Okay, and is there anyone else that... Well, you know, there's Grado. Grado. You know, I well, mean... I just come, finished speaking to him. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> when, uh, when they made him, they broke the mold. I mean, what a character. Just un unbelievable. You know, since... I, I, it, well, uh, this, this might tell you what kind of my character is. My, my favorite wrestler was Heath Slater of uh, 3MB. Right. And then, ever since Grado's come onto the scene, Grado is now my favorite wrestler. Grado is I cannot... I just, I just love him so much. Yeah, he's the best. Oh, we've just gone into. Oh no, oh, that's on. that's me. Oh, well, there we go. The, 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 for uh, for the listener, there the lights turned off and the door shut, yeah. so it was very um, undertakery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right, so let's let's move on to um, a bit the a bit of the, the wrestling and your style of booking. Um, you know, you you even got this in your pod your podcast is called the Swerve. That's the Swerve. That's right. Yeah, and you're you're famous for your for your swerves. Um, do, do you have, well, let's start with what was your fa your favorite swerve you've ever done? Uh, I think by far when uh, Rock joined the corporation, you know, because that was that was like a, a three-month story, you know, there were a lot of nuances, nobody saw it coming. I think that was that was one of our best pieces of work. Okay, and um, again, same line on best pieces of work. Um, you know, maybe you've you've earned maybe some criticism for for your style of booking, and people, you know, they say they hear Vince Russo and they go, "Oh, this is good," but then they ignore the fact that you've done some of the most amazing things of all time. Like, um, what is a, maybe a storyline that you've really enjoyed that you you know you've gone through it and done this, this, and this that people maybe don't know was done by you? Um, uh, I, I don't know because back, you know, during the Attitude Era especially, I mean, I was involved in a lot of it. Yeah. I think one thing, though, that I thought was really cool, um, in the early days of, you know, Goldust, yeah. you know, when he was really Goldust. When he was I, really out there. He was really out there and he was, you know, um, using all the movie quotes. I mean... Back then, I had worked on like every one of his promos, mm. and uh, you know that's when, like I said, we were putting the movie quotes and everything he said. I, I thought that was really, really entertaining, and I mean, I I'm, I'm proud to say that I put in a lot of that early work. 
And uh, is there a specific storyline that you've done that you really like, like your favorite, the favorite storyline uh, you have ever written? Then? You know, again, I think it goes back to that cooperation angle because a, a lot of time was put into that. I mean, we planned that out over a, a, a big bulk of time, and um, I think that one. Okay, and uh, if we look at um, wrestling today, um, do you watch a lot? Do we of have the, to. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Okay. I mean, All do, right. do, you, okay. do you watch a lot of the? I, I have to because of my website, PyromanValleyHoo.com. I, I watch it all. If if I did not have to, I would not be watching it. Kind of get the feeling. I kind of get the same feeling sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so so you're watching the all the main the main products. Um, what, let's start with uh, let's start with TNA. Um, what do you think of them? They've just had their I'm re just, just had their I, I, I'm just so disappointed because they were off for a while. Uh, they had a very long time to put that show together, the, the mm -hmm. premiere on Destination yeah. America, and it was horrible. I, I mean, I'm sorry. For the time they had to write that show, uh, all it was was another wrestling show, and I don't think they, I don't think they did themselves any justice. So, what, so okay, say so you were in charge of that show, what would you have changed? Or, you know, uh, an, so an, or an element, let's take an element. Just everything. It, it, was just, it was just another bad, fake wrestling show. I, I, I would love today in wrestling, I would love some of the storylines to be centered around what really happens backstage in wrestling. Some of the real stories, you know, Dixie Carter, you know, went out there and said, oh, we're going to pull back the curtain. I don't think she even knows what that means, because if there was any pulling back of the curtain on their first show, then I missed it. I think, uh, well, from what I can see on pulling back the curtain, I think we saw a shot of Samoa Joe talking to the bromance. That's all I can think of for pulling the curtain. And maybe that, you know, there's that, that, that intro video. There's so, so many, there's so, yeah, there's so many interesting things that go on backstage or wrestling. They, they would have stories lines for for years yeah. but nobody nobody has the balls to do it nobody knows how to do it so it's just the same old same old all right so that's tna now let's move over to the wwe uh what are you seeing at the moment that you like what are you seeing that you don't like it, it's just it's boring it's boring it's it's long Long matches, they go through commercial breaks. A lot of the matches mean absolutely nothing. They have some real interesting characters. Okay, so uh, for all you podcast listeners, no time has passed at all, but there has actually been a two or three hour show just happened. Uh, and so we're just going to continue on as if it hasn't, though. But we'll get to the show in a little bit after we finish the point we were making. Um, we were talking about Monday Night Raw and what you thought about the product at the moment. Let me ask you this. Have you ever got a root canal? No, but I've heard they're unpleasant. <laughs> Have you ever, has anybody ever uh, taken a needle and stuck it in your eye? No, but I've heard that's unpleasant okay, also. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, I'd rather have three root canals right. and have somebody stick a needle in each eye than watch that three hour bore fest every Monday night. Do you think it's a problem that it is three hours? Because it, it feels like filling. A seriously, long time. that's the biggest problem. Mm. That you, you can't, in this day and age, no way you can keep people's attention span for three hours. Total. I, I don't mm. care if it's a wrestling, a movie, a sporting event. It doesn't matter what it is. If if they went back to two hours, which they will never do because they get paid a hefty sum for the third hour, and it's it's business. But if they ever went to a two-hour show, you, you'd immediately see a better show. But, you know, again, they're, they're getting paid from USA for that third hour, yeah. so it, it, that's not going to happen. 
And I mean, we, that, those are the negatives. But I mean, are there? I mean, the, car- I'll car- tell you what the positives are. The yeah. guy, I, I love the roster. I love the roster. I think I think everybody I see on the show bust their rear end. I, I think the problem is, you know, they're not they're not getting the pra- proper character development they should be getting. Um, you know, they, they, there's no storylines. That's not their fault. I yeah. mean, that's not their job. Their job is to go out in the ring and work, and I think they have some great, great performers over there. Is there anyone particularly? I, 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 I got some. I, I'd say if I had to tell you, like, my top three favorites, yeah. um, I would tell you I love Bray. And, and, and that's disappointing to me because I, I wish I would have written for a character like Bray Wyatt. There's so much. This guy is so gifted. Mm. I mean, the promos that he cut, he, he's so good. And I mean, I, I, I wish he was there when I was there and I would have had the opportunity to write for him. Uh, who doesn't love Ms. Dow? I mean, he, he's the entire show. I mean, every month. I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. When, when they wrestle, they need a camera. They just need to keep a camera on Ms. Dow. I don't know why they go to the what, ring. Like the Ms. Dow camel yeah, something. Yeah, like a split screen. They need or... a camera on him at all times. And I, I love Paige. And, and, and here's my concern with Paige was. She's 22 years old. She's so freaking talented and so young. I knew that since she's only 22, for the WWE creative team to keep her over for the next 10 years, I was afraid that they weren't capable of that. Because as great as Paige is, and I love her, you know, again, you, you, you've got you've to develop that character. You've got to put her in a good story. And, uh, you know, I, I think she's a great talent, but she needs that help. Uh, so those are the good things. We've just come out of what was, I've finally seen in, in person a Vince Russo swerve. Double swerve. Double, Double swerve. Swerve on um, top of a swerve. So, so let's, we'll paint the, well, do you want to paint the picture of what happened okay, in the match? Okay, you can, okay, 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 okay. So it's uh, a tag team match. Uh, Jimmy Havoc and John Ryan versus Grado and Eugene. Uh, Grado is about to use. Well, talk about first how how, how everybody loves Grado. Oh, Grado, so, you know every yeah, yeah, just in case. people in the yeah, states yeah. don't know. Okay, so if you yeah. don't know who Grado is, yeah. he is basically he's the UK, but he's the UK's rock. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. here loves him. He's yeah. the, he's the most popular guy in Britain. Uh, he was uh, on TNA's boot camp show. He was the most popular guy on that show. He didn't win, but he was the most popular guy to the audience. Uh, and he's basically, yeah, he's basically beloved. I think. That's oh, fair to say. yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, beloved. Yeah. yeah. So, so Grado's teaming with Eugene against Jimmy Havoc and uh, John Ryan, who are not beloved. They are, in fact, the opposite. Uh, I've heard Jimmy called some rather rude things on occasion. Um, so uh, they're in the tag match. Grado is about to use brass knuckles that he's gotten out of his bum bag, as you do. Uh, you come into the ring. Tell him, no, don't use the knuckles. Well, I, keep in mind, I, I set the rules at the beginning yeah, of the match. You did. I took a chair away from uh, Mr. Havoc. You did. I said, you can't use that. No weapons. It's going to be a wrestler match. Grado took it upon himself to take out brass knuckles. Yep. And you took them off him. Yeah. He said, don't do it. You, you're better than this. Gave him a hug while holding the knuckles that you'd just taken off him. And then you threw them to Jimmy Havoc. Well, I think it all depends on what, where your camera angle was, where you were sitting, because I thought I was throwing them out of the ring. That's, I mean, so I don't know where exactly okay, you so were they accidentally fell into his hands. Well, I threw, I went to throw it out of the ring so he wouldn't use them. Havoc was there. Havoc 
you know, grab the, I was surprised, so I spun Gradle around, yeah. like, oh my gosh, he's got the brass knuckles. Next thing I know, Havoc's knocking him out, and we got a beautiful uh, crafted swerve here in England. My first time here, it doesn't get better than that. And then, you know, uh, the, the entire of Havoc's group, which includes the London Riots, come out and they start stamping on Eugene and Grado, mm -hmm. and then... Everyone's like, oh, here come the here heroes. Come, here, come, here come the baby faces. Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm. Here come, come the baby faces. Yeah, they come yeah, running out. Faces, Jody yeah. Fleisch and Johnny Storm. And then yeah. they both get in the ring. These yeah. are two guys who've been, you know, friends for oh, over yeah. 10 years. Here in know. England. Yeah. Here in England. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even know nothing yeah. about their friendship. Since, since the early 2000s, yeah. they, they've been, they've known each other over yeah. a decade. Yeah. And uh, then suddenly out of nowhere, Johnny Storm, super kick to Jody Fleisch. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe you yelled, oh, it's a swerve. Hey, things happen, you know, like. Like I said, I, I, w w listen, I've never been to this country in my life. Uh, the first time I was ever going to come here, I was not going to come to waste my time or anybody else's time. You know, everybody, you know, they, uh, they, they ribbed me with the swerve. I'm the swerve master. I'm this and that. You want to see a swerve? Well, not only did you get one, you got a double swerve. You know I think what? everybody went home happy. Would you, you know, agree? I, I was, I am still, you can see it on my face. Yeah. I've got a stupid grin on my yeah. face. It's made me And everybody went happy. home happy. They got the double swerve. Well, right? except for Grado and Eugene. Well, that's, you know. And, and Jody Flush. They're going to have to pick up the pieces and. <laughs> continue that's not my problem right now but yes i've seen i've seen the vince russo swerve yeah. and it was a beautiful thing and i think that is a perfect time to wrap this up um if people want to get in touch i mean you've got your podcast uh, yeah. where else can people find you well my my uh, my uh, website and you can get to the podcast from the website yeah. is pyro and .com. you can go there uh, there's a vip section and then you can get to the podcast and all that good stuff as a matter of fact just so everybody knows um i interviewed prior to me screwing them i interviewed grado today for my podcast i interviewed uh will um Unbelievable talent, and I interviewed the uh, the London Riot. So all riots. yeah, all of them are going to be appearing on my uh, on my uh, uh, podcast in the next couple of weeks. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Tasty bits of niblets. So, you know, he goes over a lot there, uh, what they talk about. One of the things that struck me the most is he's now he said the word horrible when describing Impact Wrestling's debut. And I'm sure everybody who doesn't watch Impact Wrestling would just agree without, you know, taking any knowledge for themselves. And we watched it and we enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good time. I see his point. That if they're going to rebrand a show, take and something and, and reboot yeah. it, um, it's hard to reinvent the wheel. It's hard to stray away from something that is that's already a functioning product. People might make the argument of like, well, it's not great or it's not breaking all the ratings, but it's still a functioning show on television. No one said, hey, this show doesn't work anymore. Throw the show away. Would you say it was a complete overhaul, the new Impact? It seemed no. like it was a lot of the same in terms of this is what works. We're going to yeah. do that. So, yes, I see his point of I wouldn't say that that makes it horrible because they didn't change it in every way and be completely revolutionary and that they missed this boat of like, well, you could have done everything different. I now, would... if they were really promising that they were going to be a much more reality-based show, and they don't deliver on that, that's disappointing, sure. Yeah. I didn't know that going But they in. weren't promising that, were they? I don't know.
but I mean, I think it's exciting when anything rebrands, and it's exciting in two ways. One, you're yes. like, but I like the old stuff. It's like, I can't wait for the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'm indifferent. I feel like there's sort of that, there's the excitement, but when you get more of the same and you wanted something different, you're always going to feel a little bit disappointed. I think time will tell. Like, it's yeah. like... You can set a strong foundation, but it's just the same as sort of you're going to find where you go as you do it. And you just need to sort of if they're present and they're also planning and they're sort of taking what comes and sort of making the most of it. It's got to be fucking scary. Yeah, of course. It's got to be scary to do that. I'm sure like if you and I were working there, I'm sure there'd be a big push for to do a lot of stuff differently. Like all the influences of. Look, we got these two guys here who don't know what they're fucking talking about. Let's give them the reins. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where's Crafty? <laughs> that, uh, like, um, you look at stuff like uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. And how they're really presenting something totally different and weird. Uh, hell, even like a Star Wars movie. You know, that 30-second trailer of everything has such a weird, different vibe from what you know to be star wars even with the the it's familiar but it's also new and yeah. honestly it feels a lot different than those prequels I ever felt even yeah. with their teaser trailers i felt like it was very god those were gaudy those were really <laughs> gaudy movies mm-hmm. and it's just there's a there's a shame to it that people didn't it's like you don't need to push the envelope anymore what you need to do is craft something that is uh comfortable and well-worn and not uh, not taking it's not not taking risks, but it's like you can make a good product that doesn't have to push the envelope. Yeah. Or what what pushes the envelope now is quality. Yeah. Because everything is based on uh, content. Is uh, quality is is now it's being undersell because uh, quantity is so in demand. You need to make this much. You need to make people look and turn their heads. And you do that with quality. You don't yeah. do that with. By being louder than everybody else. Being yeah. louder than everyone else is what's sort of been the problem, I think, in and, all realms of entertainment. And I would agree with his assessment of character. I think character for me is always a huge element. But I know for a lot of people, it's uh, the match or athleticism. Well, but we were, so we were talking about this. The roster on Raw, I think, is, I couldn't be, it's, we're so excited by it. There's so many different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Anybody can sort of, can show up to, and be at the top, I feel like. Yeah, but it takes that character. Like in terms of storytelling, we're always you described it best. Like Ziggler, amazing performer, but at the same time, where's the storyline where we get to see what he's vulnerable or what he's excited about or things like that? Where are the things that people get to shine through? And that's the content. That's I the just character. know Sting's entrance music makes him super sleepy. Yeah, yes. As soon as that music hits, he just slows down. Yeah, he takes a little nappy poo. Yeah, maybe he's so tired because they don't show him up in the rafters, but he has to run all the way down <laughs> to get to the to get to the ramp. Are you upset that Sting doesn't come down from the rafters? Uh, or that he doesn't? It's not even being presented like he likes to hang up at top. Well, it's just there's something different. Like, and when he did it in WCW, it's like you you get a nosebleed up there. Like that <laughs> is really far up there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even hang out up there, and I love getting high. Uh, <laughs> I think there's that like. They just you don't they don't do that anymore. WWE specifically doesn't let people mm-hmm. get high. I don't, I don't what even if know what joke I'm trying to make here. What but. if Sting would just hang out instead, like in a car in a parking lot? What if that was his new thing? <laughs> Smoking cigarettes, <laughs> looking at a picture we never get to see. Ah, I'm thinking, leave me alone, get out of here. <laughs> uh, I think they could definitely play up the sort of cane backstage sort of stuff with Sting. Or the boiler room, boiler room, or long 
German expressionism shadows or stuff like that. Like, don't more guys need more areas of the arena to be home? Yeah, don't like. I would love if Big Show was always at concessions, <laughs> like just eating chips and like. Or you know, it'd be great. You want to see a real heel? Have Big Show crush all the chips that people are gonna use for nachos. <laughs> That's what you, you have. Him oh, there. come on! And you have a big line of. Oh, people. I'm sorry. Pours water on chips. Yeah. Like, God! A big line of people, and it's just Big Show like giving people food and smashing it before they get it, <laughs> and then making people eat it. That's how you get a heel. That's oh, how you get a heel. Color. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, that all the jobbers show up like, oh, you're here to make 50 bucks tonight? Here's your dinner. Yeah, I think... Eat it. That Russo said, like, the sort of stuff backstage, you could definitely play into that. Like, having jobbers show up and be like, hey, big big shot tonight, huh? Gonna be on live TV? And it's like, yeah, just a really big fan. I want to shout out to Oklahoma. It's like, don't you look at that fucking camera. You look <laughs> at me. You're going up against me. I'm just big show pushing people around backstage. All the yeah, all the stories that we hear about of things happening and they're really never brought to life. Like having big show um, tear guys unitards in half and you know just ripping up their boots and stuff. I'm like here you go. That guy having to duct tape it all together oh, and go God, wrestle that'd in be it. So great having some guy come out with duct taped boots because <laughs> big show tore one of his boots in half. Yeah, what a bully. That's yeah. what I, I think there's that element of bullying that's, well, don't look, guys, be a star. But at the same time, <laughs> tell us a great story. I think that that's necessary. There was, uh, we're, I, we're, I was talking about it. I used to get so excited on SmackDown before I could. Before the Heyman years. Yeah. The be, years that Heyman was booking it. Before I knew that I could watch pay-per-views. Like, I didn't know that I, like. I have a local cable provider? Exactly. I like I didn't know I, I would have to ask my parents or whatever if I could get the pay-per-view. And then I would pay my parents. I'd be like, here's, like, this is the money I saved up for this pay-per-view I really want to see. Mm-hmm. And before that, it's like, you see SmackDown. You show, they'd show you clips from Raw. SmackDown go off the air, and it's a go-home show. And you'd be like, <laughs> and it ended with somebody you like getting their ass kicked backstage or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that sort of storytelling is... I don't know if it's lacking, but it's like that's that's been done so many times that I can see the need to do something innovative and different. Right. But at the same time, what works needs to be pushed also. That can what works and what's quality can still be pushed in a like in a direction it can be refined. I think it certainly it's, could be. Honestly, Big Show as a bad guy is great, but like he doesn't need to be in a ring to be the baddest mofo around. Yeah, I think I think that's a huge thing. Guys always being in the ring, beating people up, is not always the most important thing. No, you show that they can cut you in half with their words, because that's the the worst bullies never touched me. I can say that. Like the worst bullies never beat me up. They cut me. They cut my heart in half. You know what I mean? There's a there's that kind of mind break sort of where it's like you are not good enough. The worst bullies kissed me. Yeah, they kiss you just poison. Just straight up poison. No God. words, no physicality. Just, just gentle kiss of death. God, the worst. It is time for jerk tweets. Go to Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Curtain Jerks and send us your hashtag jerk tweets. It could be anything. Questions about the podcast. It could be questions about wrestling. Questions about uh, the, my favorite experiences of playing WWF No Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you get questions about or people tweeting you. Uh, your favorite moments from WWE. Yeah, I bet it was. Scott blowing the cartridge. Yeah, it was. Uh, Putting the rumble pack on. Benjamin Arier says, At your wedding, you invite three wrestlers to be the best men, but they all fall out with the guests. 
Who are they? Like they piss off the guests? Well, yeah, I had to ask. He says, all fallout is a strange way of saying fighting down here in England. Oh, uh, I was the first person that came to mind was Piper. Oh, that's a good guest. Yeah, because you might get a great speech out of him. Yeah, I think you'd get a great speech out of Piper. Yeah. Uh, well, if he didn't, you know, if you make it to that far. Um. Oh, wait, Scott, are we marrying each other? Or do we, like, do we... Do, are it didn't we sharing, work out with Chelsea. Yeah, are we sharing groomsmen? We're or? in Southern California. Uh, I would say The Rock, but I mean, I, I don't want him to overshadow me. Oh, you know? and he will. Yeah. But. And you know what? You don't want you don't want everybody to boo you with him oh. coming out there and endorsing you like that. And then everybody's like, regular Roman Reigns up there. And then start booing the hell out of you. You don't want that, Steve. No, I'd go Roddy Piper, uh, Desmond. Desmond Wolf, like Desmond Nigel McGuinness, Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. Oh, why? Because uh, he's a great talker. Okay. Like there was, he gave that great promo on Impact that one time, which I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then he just didn't stop, and I get really frustrated because <laughs> he talks as if he was ending, and then he would continue, and I was like, this guy's giving us a fucking speech, not, not mm-hmm. a promo, but it was still great because every time I was like. And scene. Oh, he's still going. Oh, he and has then a new like thought. Each time it would still... And another thing, Mr. Angle. Yeah, and he would keep reaching these new peaks on the mountain of, uh, of promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the mountain of McGinnis. The mountain of McGinnis. Uh, and then who else is... Uh... God, I'd say Punk, because he's probably one of my mm. favorite talkers. But I don't think he'd overshadow. I think he'd just give you a really super heartfelt speech. Yeah? Or no would he punk. give you shit? Oh, a little bit of both, but it'd be in the right place. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or right. just cut you in half. He's <laughs> a big bully. <laughs> or even, but if you want the sort of ah shucks thing, I'd say Daniel Bryan, because it's like not mm. great on, not what someone would consider great on the mic, but every time Daniel Bryan has a microphone, it's like, oh, please say anything you like. like <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Boy, those are those are three good ones. Who am I gonna pick for my three best men? Oh, I almost, I did kind of pick four, but you can you're welcome to use any. No, 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 no. You're you're welcome to it. That's quite all right. Uh, um, but I'm not gonna pick repeats because I want to have a different wedding experience than you do. Um, for my three best men, I mean, oh, I thought of a couple of new guys also that I'm sure you did, but you blew yeah, your load, I man. I blew my load, yeah. I gotta go with the childhood hero. I gotta go with Hulk Hogan. Oh, brother! God, that's best, best, best man. Mm-hmm. That is the best man. Is Hulk Hogan? Yeah, it's gonna be great. Cause... And, uh, was this '80s Hogan or is this Hogan now? I gotta go with Hogan now. I don't have a time machine. No. <laughs> There'd still be a glimmer, I think. I think it'd really scare him if I brought him out of his element. Ah, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah, but also like you wander into another room and Hulk Hogan's making out with your mom, and it's like, what is what? It's like, wait a minute. Will this mean that I'm Hulk Hogan Jr.? Oh my God, am I Nick Hogan? You're Hulkling Hogan. Um, yeah. So Hulk Hogan, gotta get him. He's gonna give a great speech. Everybody's gonna be on board. Oh yeah. No matter what he says, and hopefully he just calls everybody else uh, a bunch of pussies. Like I, I want TNA Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, you promos. want where it's like he, when he hits those notes where it's like, um, oh, it's look, but he was rough and tumble. I get it. What's going on? I'm not. I wasn't expecting this. Um, I I am going to want uh, also at my wedding. Oh God, there there are so many. And if I, can uh, I make a suggestion? You, you don't have to take them. You can sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> New Age Outlaws. Oh. <laughs> Oh damn it! I, I thought, you know I fear, you don't have to get both of them, but I just feel like Road I can't, Dog. I can't because Mister Ass. I you know maybe my lady, who, my bride to be, is truly an ass lady. 
mm-hmm. and she loves to love him. She loves to kick him. She loves to shove him and stick him. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble because yeah. then I lose out right there. Best ass, ass in the business, Mr. Ass. So, no, <laughs> Billy Gunn, you are not my best man, sir. Okay. A road that... dog, good talker, good speech. Oh, that's going to be a great speech. Uh, and it's going to rhyme, yeah, which is great. I got two more for you that I think you'd like. I'm not sure if you want to hear. I gl- Just let them inspire you, okay? Let, let me, okay, inspire me. Okay, so Stone, got, Stone Cold Steve Austin? I thought about that because we're, we're, we're not buddies. He won't remember me at all. Yeah, but it's just that, that Texas smash mouth attitude where it's like, it's for the working man. Got I fear it. he's going to really want to get me to get fucking lit up, toasted, though, drunk. But he's... I, that's at the bachelor party. He's not going to make that happen at the wedding. Yeah, but it's going to be one of those bachelor parties that's the night before the wedding. Yeah, and you got to do it before the wedding, brother. That's the only way you... All that bullshit. Yeah, I'd just rather have Hogan what, drunk... What, you need recoup time? <laughs> I'd just rather have Hogan drunk telling me how much he hates Linda. Yeah, that's it. You're here, You're there for him, Scott. So Stone Cold is inspiring, yes, but I'm going to have to say no to Stone Cold okay. and Billy Gunn. Ben, I've, uh, this is my last one I'm going to say, okay? Okay. Funaki. Ah, oh, good. That's a good one too, and I really like that one. But I realized who it is. Who? Mick Foley. Ah, oh, wonderful. That's the best speech. And then he'll punch himself in the head a whole bunch of times and bleeds That's afterwards. That's only your second one, right? You've got Mick Foley and Hogan, right? And I, I took Road Dog. You did take Road Dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was gonna say through Funaki, I would have said and Shane McMahon. Honorable mention, Shane McMahon. Just to know where he is and know yeah. that he's okay. Now, just know. Just so uh, Shane McMahon knows where he is, which is loved <laughs> and at your wedding. <laughs> and honored guest, Shane McMahon. But I got to take the greatest storyteller of all time, Mick Foley. That's great. He's going to tell a really long story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> about <laughs> him not wanting to talk about being thrown off a hell in the cell anymore. Uh-huh. While my mom's getting a mouthful of Hogan. <laughs> that big podcast happening in with not my best man stone cold steve austin yeah uh where this time he talked with triple h these are i i'm getting kind of excited by these because it seems like stone cold's enough of a jeez sometimes i hear my own voice i want to just chop my own head off with a chainsaw he's not so much a company guy <laughs> he just sort of flies by the seat of his pants and he says bullshit a lot he's really there for the fans Ugh. he's he's cool he seems cool. He seems with it. He know, understands the business. He definitely says where it's like, yeah, I'm not familiar with the product. I still try to keep up with it. He says when he, he talks about when he was there and then what it is now. And mm-hmm. He does a little bit of damage control. Where he's, he's a talking, great bridge. Yeah, he's a, he is a great bridge where it's like he has the, the faith and the respect of the fans. So when Stone Cold talks about it, it's like, all right, I'm, at least I feel like I'm hearing it from an independent source. Mm-hmm. And it, the, whatever bias is there, it feels like, yeah, it's for his own. Like, he says it outright. It's like, I don't give a shit about that. I This is what I care about. Yeah. And so when he's talking to Triple H, it's sort of fat. He did a, it didn't seem like damage control. It was more like, just don't fucking email me a ton. Cabana does that also. He'll be like, uh, Colt Cabana, I feel like, is the real independent source, the independent voice on a lot of things. But it's always like... Whenever he's doing damage control, whenever anybody's doing damage control, it never seems to be about the content. It's just like, just don't send me a shit ton of fucking emails. Mm-hmm. That's what Stone Cold sounds like. That's what Colt Cabana sounds like. And I'm like, yeah, we've got a job to do too, guys. We don't need to tell him why Roman Reigns isn't ready. <laughs> yeah. The, so, yeah, they talked about a lot of stuff. They talked about, uh, you know, China going in the Hall of Fame. Um NXT. Which, that could be a whole episode because I have really strong feelings about that of how she should be going in. But I've read a lot of people saying, really, I find stupid shit about it. But uh, well, I mean, it's 
I think people have done worse than made into the Hall of Fame, right? Like people are always yes, gonna, yes, yeah. they have. So <laughs> it's, I mean, Mr. T ate cancer. <laughs> yeah, he ate his mother's cancer. Yeah, he ate it. He, that's why he has that knife and spoon that he used to wear around <laughs> his neck. I'm eating cancer. I'm feasting on life. Yeah, you guys talking about controversial things? <laughs> Whoa, uh, I'm sorry. Scott, excuse me, sir, are you Garrett Bischoff? Yeah! You wrote that on your name tag and you put it on your bare chest. That's right. It's because I'm controversial. I I guess. Garrett Bischoff, thank you for being on the show. I I don't see you on the manifest. Are you... uh, Because I'm unexpected. Things happen when I just show up. I guess, Garrett, well, we were just talking about the uh, Stone Cold Triple H podcast. Triple H. I'm the son of Vince McMahon. I'm the son of Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Well, the Triple H is the son-in-law. Look at this photo. See that sweet motorcycle? Yeah. That's That's my dad's (laughs) Hogwild 97. Wow, it looks like you're, are you, is that just Garrett Bischoff? Is that, now is that just Bischoff on there or are you on there too? I'm, I'm I'm behind the bike. I'm polishing it for Dan. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. there's a second picture where you're in front of Eric and he's riding the motorcycle and you're just riding on the gas tank. Just riding on the gas tank. What are you, like 17 in that picture? That's maybe? right. Wow. All right. Which makes me roughly 40 years old. No, maybe not 17. I, I'm terrible with photos. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I well, thanks for joining us today. It sounds like you've got a lot of insight into the wrestling business. I sure do, because I'm the son of Eric Bischoff. Yes. I know everything, unlike Triple H. What's he ever done? Well, I suppose a couple of different things for the business. It sounds like there's a lot of animosity between you and Triple H. Yeah, we should really settle in the ring. Not like that stupid Joker Sting. Well, were you saying, like, so it should be you facing Triple H instead of Joker Sting? That's what the people want to see. I, I tweeted it. Did you tweet it? Yep. Uh, does, now, is it going to be Joker? Don't check my Twitter. <laughs> All right. I might have deleted it when I got drunk. Uh, so, wait, actually, if you could keep me, uh, is Sting facing Triple H at Fastlane, or is that at WrestleMania? They're calling each other out. Boring. I'm calling them out right now. Whoa. All right. Well, for Fastlane or WrestleMania? WrestleMania. So you would want... Hog wild. So you... <laughs> 2015. <laughs> Uh, so, are you still an active member on t- in TNA? I hope so. Yeah, I should hope so, too, because you're talking about another promotion that you want to headline. Well, hey, Bischoff could go wherever they want. Everybody loves a Bischoff nowadays. Well, you know what? That brings up a really interesting point, Garrett Bischoff. Uh, do you think that Eric Bischoff, there's a sort of, like, in that character. Why are you turning the lights down? What? Uh, sorry, I just, it helps me think. Should I turn them back up? Yeah, I would prefer you do. All right, here they are. Uh, now, so, uh, Eric Bischoff, the character is sort of arrogant and kind of pompous, but also sort of manipulative. Take it back. Take it back. I'm sorry. It was the character. It was the character. The character. Sorry. He is very controversial, I should say. Yeah. He's very controversial. you read his book, Controversy Creates Cash? And he's also unexpected. Have you read his book? I'm sorry, I've not read his book. What? <laughs> okay, look, do you have a copy on you? Yes, I do. Oh, it's covered in baby oil. Yeah! <laughs> All right, well, I'll read this later. But do you feel like that sort of does make this kind of uh, image of the bishops being able, like, wherever I go, I'm the lord of my domain, and that where I'm a creative force to be reckoned with? We're the most creative force has ever been. We beat Vince McMahon in the ratings. 
Well, but I mean, that was an interesting contest. But I mean, that went back and forth also, didn't it? No. I think if you look at their history books, WCW won and then decided to retire. Uh, No, I thought there was a struggle between both and then WWE overtook in the Monday Night Wars. No way. My dad beat him out fair and square and then said, you know what? We had a good run. Folded up his book and then said, let's go away. To where? To Florida? To TNA? To To Hogwild 2001. All the way to Hogwild 2010. Has there been that many Hogwilds? Of course. The Bischoff Family Vacation Home. Oh, Hogwild is the name of a place that you guys Because we retired. Just hanging out with Uncle Scott Steiner and Uncle Rick Steiner. Wow. Well, so, Garrett, that sounds like a really amazing sort of family vacation. Do you have any exciting family vacations planned coming up? Or what's what's next for you? I'm going to face Triple H at WrestleMania. Oh. Has that been confirmed? So that's... That no. Is, that, but that's your plan. You want to make that's sure that's... That's the plan. This is what I want to happen. All right. Well, Garrett, I... And then I invite Stephanie McMahon to my hog wild. Is that your vacation? Hold on, I'm trying to pull out my penis. All right, those please don't. These leather pants are really tight. Yes, Garrett Bishop. I was in aces and eights. Uh, You were in aces and eights. Ow, my penis is caught up in an aces and eights right now. All right, Garrett Bishop, thank you very much for joining us. The zipper's caught in my penis. I understand. I help me. I what? Grab the zipper. All right. I'll hold my penis. Okay, I'm. I don't know what I'm. Sniff my fingers. I I don't want to. Sniff them. That reminds me. Uh, That reminds me. Uh, was there a pledge storyline with Aces and Eights with you, or did you just have to beat up Kurt Angle to get into Aces and Eights? Um, I think I helped a Briscoe to get in. I think you did too. That was a really exciting storyline. I think you were great in Aces and Eights. So you're saying I'm the greatest wrestler there's ever been because I'm Gary Bischoff. Uh, well, I don't, you could infer a lot, but I think the Aces and Eights storyline was totally rad, and I thought you were very My idea. What's so it? was the NWO. <laughs> so was Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, hold on. So was DX. All right, Garrett. So was Hulkamania. Uh, look, I... So was Mean Gene's Hotline. Uh, you spelling those out with whatever alphabet serial you had for your dad to read, I don't think is a likely story. Uh, well, hey, if my penis has got my pants, then I'm a liar. <laughs> it is. Could you help me? <laughs> hey, Garrett, I'll let Scott take over and I'll help you out. As All right, I'll help him. Jeez, I feel like a dab. Oh, great. Then I'll be over here. Yeah. Carrot, please. Dude, you don't have to do that into the microphone. Scott, can you? Scott, we need to wrap up the show. I am trying to remove Garrett Bischoff's penis. Get some baby oil off of the book. Ah, great! Now there's baby oil all over my hands. Yeah, touch me. All right, okay, Garrett, come on. Get just get out of here. Where's the broom? Shoo! Shoo. Get Get out of here! Shoo! Shoo! I was a big fan of the Aces and Eight storyline. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, the, the it's tarnished now. <laughs> the Briscoe and Garrett Bish, the the Briscoe, because I don't know which Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Dale Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dale I Brisco. I want to call him Garrett Briscoe, but that's not it. <laughs> but like they were like I thought they were this. That was such a cool sort of betrayal against Kurt Angle. I really I really dug that whole Aces and Eights thing, especially when. They were masked and, like, scary-looking, mm-hmm. and then they became even scarier in a way because they you found out who they all were. And it was weird when everybody's like, well, that's D'Lo in the outfit doing the promos, but it won't be D'Lo when it's the guy. Yeah. And then it was D'Lo, and you're like, holy shit, it's yeah, D'Lo. I like that. There's sort of... There was an element of not know of like oh because you know it's a black that. guy because they cover him from head to toe. Yeah, and then they deliver. They mm-hmm. delivered. 
They delivered the black guy they covered up. That's right. Unlike uh, Mort Salazar, I gotta, I'm sorry, I gotta promote his show again. February 9th at the Bingo Hall in, uh, in Modesto, California. CWCW? CWCW, Classic Wrestling Championship Wrestling. Maybe there's so much wrestling they couldn't just have wrestling once in the title. I should have asked him about that. Foolish. I, I'm the fool. It's I almost like fool. a joke was set up, Scott, that never got paid off. <laughs> hey, but if it's popular enough, it'll come back around. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Much like Garrett Bishop. Yes. Um, uh, update on a couple things. Um, WWE main event on After Buzz. There's been a whole big thing. Oh, wait a minute, since Scott, do you hear that? I do. It's, it's a, a chopper. Yeah. Oh my God, Garrett Bischoff left by chopper. Wow. That might have been a medical chopper no. <laughs> because he was having such a medical I don't know. emergency. I don't know. He's either very wealthy or it was a medical chopper. Uh, WWE main event on AfterBuzz TV is on hiatus currently. If you're watching that and wondering what we're up to, uh, the WWE main event has been pulled from the WWE network because of Sky in England has yanked it because they had exclusive rights to it. So now they're not showing it on the network at all. They were showing it on Hulu. Now they're not. It's totally inconsistent. We don't know what's going on with that show at this point. So that is the current status of that because people. So been what asking. do you guys talk about on the show? We haven't been doing the show. Oh, it'd be really funny if you guys just had to put together like an hour's worth of material based on news headlines and current events in your life or comedy bits. If only Tom and I could <laughs> find out some way of talking about wrestling for an hour, and then the girls going, "Who's that? <laughs> what? What's WWF? No mercy." <laughs> Um, 16 Bits Podcast, that's Josh Callahan and myself doing a wrestling, or sorry, well yeah, it's me doing Soon, a wrestling podcast. Soon is the, is the fabled wrestling uh, video game podcast crossover between 16 Bits and Curtain Jerks. Yes, we will have a crossover episode soon, so check that out. That's on SoundCloud and on iTunes as well. You can also tweet at us at 16 Bits Podcast. We'd love uh, wrestling Dick memes. Dick pics. <laughs> 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 I'm so, uh, my anti-biotechs. Um, Wrestling Memes. We want to thank Tom Anstey over there at Wrestling Memes. You can follow him on Facebook.com slash Wrestling Memes and Wrestling underscore Memes for getting us that awesome interview with Vince Russo. You know where Vince Russo is at. He ain't hard to find. You can go find him. Tell him you enjoyed hearing him on the podcast. Uh, and uh, Ashley6, still we're pushing that hashtag because we want to see him in ROH on March the 1st. So hashtag 6 for Vegas. That's S-I-X-X. The number four, Vegas. Uh, Steve, you're now married. Uh, any any plans? When are you going to have babies? Oh, wow. You know what? No one asked us that, which was really nice. <laughs> really? They didn't do that? Those I think they figures. really knew that we didn't have our shit together, so they were, I'm glad <laughs> they didn't ask. I, I, we're, we don't even have a honeymoon planned. What? No. I thought the Norway thing was happening. We might go to Norway. Yeah. If Man, if I go to Norway, I'm going to try to find a local promotion and go to a wrestling show in Norway. That would be fucking how, rad. How rad would that be? We have to have... Fucking. Uh, it'd be fucking rad. <laughs> there has to be at least one listener uh, who know, who knows the Norway wrestling the scene. The Norway wrestling scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tweet us. Let us know. We got to know. Uh, I'm going to probably go be going to Roro Skies flying into Stockholm, just so you know. <laughs> so for Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narber. I mean Trondheim. And I'm Steve Sears. <laughs> Enjoy wrestling, kids. You've just listened to another episode of Curtain Jerks. Oh, this is the time where you get all ten of your fingers. They've been 
uh, itching and ready to go this whole time. You're like, I- I'm going to wait to do this at the end of the I'm podcast. I'm going to wait till the episode's done, and then I'm going to use these things, these things I call hands. Yeah, these things I call hands, uh, not these biceps and glutes that uh, God has given me. But, but activate them, too, so you can have a full use of your hands. Yeah, uh, clench up them butt cheeks when you go to SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks. Follow us, uh, like the episode, comment, tw- uh, comment during. You could, you should have been commenting during this episode. You can go and comment during other episodes because I'm sure you have all the time code marked in your head. Don't you hear the sounds that our voices make? You can comment on the weird noises we make. You can make weird noises of your own. You can write it down and make other people make weird noises by reading it. Yeah, it's it's very interactive. You go on there. You can comment during your favorite parts of the show. You can comment during the parts of your show that you're like, oh, that was uh, quotable. And then you put it in quotes and you stick it up there. And if you're an aesthetics person, orange accents. Right? Orange is the new black, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to be dated. (laughs) No way. No way. Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs. WCW champion if they're still around. Yeah, that's how it works. So it's the orange is the new black WCW crossover. Jason Biggs is the new championship. That belt's almost as big as his head. It is, and even bigger than that is YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's pretty big. It's a big deal. It's videos online. You can watch pictures of cats moving. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Steve act like a cat on YouTube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. You can see our predictions videos on there. You can see uh, our wrestler pronunciation manuals on there, our prediction videos. Uh, did I say that twice? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, so it's all there, available for you. We've uh, got some new videos ideas. Videos ideas. Oh, this one's being thrown away. Uh, it'll get chopped up. Or it'll stay exactly the same. It'll be at the end of every episode until the end of time. Oh, please <laughs> throw that meteor down quick. <laughs> receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.